Hi, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Ian Nelson. This, is, this was my third year going to Mexico, and this year I don't think I learned anything new, but what I have learned over the years was more integrated in my life on this trip. Um, on Monday, when we were building our first house, I learned that God is more important than any gift or reward he gives us. Um, Genesis 15.1 says, After this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. Uh, the next day, we built our second house, and there the concept of being a servant to God and everyone else was more applied to me. Jesus said in Mark 10 that he did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. What I learned about serving like Jesus did had become a bigger part of my life. On Wednesday, we built a foundation for a house for the next team to build on. That same day, we passed out food and water in the dump and said, God bless you in Spanish. That day, I saw a way we can imitate and resemble Christ. Jesus came down to us when we are in our sin and filth and showed us God's love. We did the same when we passed out food and water in the dump. And just as it says in Romans 3, this righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. God doesn't care what nationality we are. He loves all of us and wants all of us to come to him for salvation. On Thursday, we went to our first bathing day, and I got to wash feet. I I like it. (laughs) I'm no germaphobe. I remember that Jesus said, "Whatever, whatever you did for the least of these, you did for me. On Friday, we went to the Purple, the Purple Palace Orphanage where we fed the children and played with them. Unfortunately, we were there only a few hours, so we were pretty sad that we had to leave them so soon. On this trip, I was reminded that God loves every last one of us, no matter how well we are doing um, materialistically. On Saturday, we hoped to go to Ensenada, but God had, God had other plans. Uh, we went to a bathing day where I got to dry the children's hair. After that, we went to a nearby village and passed out fruit, vegetables, and snow cones. I am happy now that I realize that God had other work for us to do instead of going shopping at Ensenada. I don't need more stuff. I need more of Jesus' love flowing through me. I worked for God in Mexico, and I intend to work for him for the rest of my life in whatever he gives me to do. On the 2013 Mexico trip, God showed a lot to each and every one of us. Thank you for supporting me and my team. The trip was awesome, and I hope to go next year as a leader. Thank you. <laughs> really? A little bit shorter than you. Okay. Good morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Kyler Mullins. And this is my second year going to, to Mexico, second year flying out of the country, and second time for the chaos of, of traveling. Um, a first, though, for having a brush break down a couple weeks before the trip, or days, whichever came first. Um, that was interesting. Not really. But seriously. I think only the team will get that one because that's kind of a Mexico joke. So for those of you that don't know, that's just our thing. <laughs> Anyways, my story may not be as exciting as, like, a drug dealer turning into a Christian. But really, it's not even my story. Yes, it actually may be my story. I may have lived it. But it's really God's story because ultimately he's the author. Um, Let's see. Okay. Um, This year God showed showed me something. Of course, it was through Matt, but 
it, he still showed me. Um, no, mom and dad, I didn't get in trouble this time. Anyways, I was, I was talking with Matt about what I was wanting to do with my life in the future. I remember um, I was telling him I wanted to tour the U.S. in either a band that I start or join, whichever comes first. But um, he asked me why I wanted to do this, and my answer was simple. Mainly because I love music, and, but I personally want to show people that I have what it takes to make it in that line of uh, work. And um, for those of you that think becoming a famous musician is easy and that all you need is an instrument or a voice, sorry to burst your bubble, but you're wrong. It, it takes time. You have to put in the effort to practice. You have to put in the time. You have to take the time to practice. And it takes time to write the record. It takes time to record the record that you're writing. And it takes time to get the sales. But let's get back to what's important here. Matt was telling me that I need to see God in this. Yes, proving that you can make it is good motivation, but the real motivation needs to come from God. He said, that if you, he said that if you seek God in this, it will come to you. I know motivation and seeking are two different things, but if you intertwine the two, you get this motivation from seeking God. It's, it sounds wonderful, doesn't it? I know that I struggle with seeking God with things, music especially, but I would like to leave you with this verse. Kui told me that I have a challenge, then you know, we'll see how this works. I don't remember what the passage, like the reference, but I know it kind of goes something like this. Um, Seeking you will find, knocking the door will be opened, for this is the power, the glory, and the kingdom, now and forever. I may have misquoted this, but I think you guys get my point. Seeking you will find. Um, yeah. I'm done talking. I'm going to step down now. <laughs> Good morning. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Carlita Cartwright, and this was my sixth year going on the trip. Uh, the first time I went was eight years ago, the summer after my freshman year, and for the last two years I've gotten to go as a leader, and I just want to take the time to thank each and every one of you who supported us, not just financially, but with your prayers and your love and your encouragement. Um, this all my trips to Mexico have greatly impacted my life. Um, it's where God's spoken to me. He's completely changed my heart. Um, he's softened my heart, made me compassionate, and to see other people as human beings and to just learn how to love. Um, I've always loved Mexico. It's always been in my heart. Um, I felt the call to be a missionary there one day, the very first time that I went to Mexico. Um, I went to, I did two years of Bible school, and I got to serve over in Argentina and Uruguay. And the whole time that I was in those different places serving, my heart was still thinking, Mexico, 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 Mexico. And um, it never hurt my heart as bad to leave those places as much as it hurt my heart to leave Mexico. Every single year, Matt can vouch for this. Like, I was a basket case. I was always crying. Um, it was just kind of ridiculous, but not really. Um, my heart, I felt, I've also felt called to be a teacher. And so right now I'm going to school to be a teacher. And so I was just kind of like, how is it going to line up that I'm going to be a teacher and go to Mexico? But, um, I talked to a different missionary down there and she said, there's lots of schools where you can like teach English and everything at. And so for right now, um, God confirmed on this trip this year 
that one day it's going to align and I'm going to be not only a teacher somehow, but I'm also going to go down and serve in Mexico. And I just really thank you so much for all of your support and for your love because of you guys, God has completely changed my heart and my life and has just made me a completely different person. So thank you very much. I want to um, go ahead and, and encourage you with some things here. Um, we're going to kind of go old school today because we only have one projector anyway. So you're going to have to get your Bibles out here and, and look uh, in the New Testament in Acts. I just got home like midnight Wednesday night and the office was closed. I wouldn't have been able to put the verses on slides anyway. So um, this is one of my favorite passages in the New Testament. It's Acts chapter 2. And the reason I like it, because it's, it's talking about activities that the early church was involved in, um, just starting to grow, just starting to form, and becoming the body of Christ through which God was going to work to impact the world with the gospel message. And it's so exciting to see what these early believers were involved in here. So I, I'm going to go ahead and just read this here. And it, it says in verse 32, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching— and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You can see why God would add to their number daily. People would see them living this out and naturally say, what's going on there? I don't, I don't know any other place like that. Something must be different there. And they would come to find out that it's Jesus in their lives, that their Savior who has forgiven their sins, that they've given their life to. And, and, and they meet Jesus, and then they join this fellowship. And so you read about the fellowship and the community that they had in the early church. And it's just an awesome thing to see. One of the other things that, that I really love about this is right at the beginning it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And I was thinking about it, and you know, I think you could look at that in two ways. You know, you kind of maybe envision a, a ton of teaching going on and, and the apostles just, you know, giving their teaching and people just sitting there and they're just listening and everybody's happy to be learning all these things. I think that was true that the apostles, you know, that that's how it was being given to them. But I think being devoted to the teaching means a little bit more than just sitting there and listening to it. I think it means doing what the teaching said to do. They were, the, the early church responded. They heard what the apostles were saying. They heard what God was saying to them through this teaching, and they acted on it. And you see it here. You see it in other places uh, in the New Testament as they're, they're desiring to take care of widows, you know, properly. As uh, Philip is sharing his faith with an Ethiopian on the side of the road as he's led by the Spirit. You know, out of, out of Isaiah, he's sharing about Christ. Um, as you see Peter and John and the rest of the apostles standing up for Jesus Christ in, in spite of persecution. You know, they didn't just hear it. They went and, and acted on it. James, one of the, the leaders of the early church, 
says this in his, his letter. He says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Think that that's what it's all about. Just if I listen, I'm good. Do what it says. That's what James says. Teaching is not the end goal. And, and I don't want you to get me wrong here. It's so important. Teaching has got to be what we're doing here. Frankly, um, it's one of the main reasons why myself and our family came to Lockwood 13 years ago was the, the biblical teaching that was coming from the pulpit and in the Sunday school classes. But it's not the end goal. Doing what the scripture says, what God is laying on your heart through the scriptures, that is the end goal. I read a quote that uh, Chick posted. Actually, I thought I'd include it because I liked it so much. Uh, It's by Oswald Chambers. It says, We are apt to think that everything that happens to us is to be turned into useful teaching. Like life is one big object lesson, and we're supposed to learn from everything we go through. Um, It is to be turned into teaching, but it's to be turned into something better than teaching as well. It's to be turned into character. We shall find that the spheres God brings us into are not meant to teach us something, but to make us something. Isn't that what God desires? God is interested in us not just knowing, not just about him, not just having a bunch of information. He's interested in us, interested in us becoming people who love him and who respond to what he's showing us. And I believe that one of the greatest aspects about this trip that we take each year is an opportunity for students to seek God and then respond to what he says. You know, it started, this, it's not like we just went two weeks ago and that was the whole trip. We started back in December. And, and when we start, we have an informational meeting. I tell them what it's about. And then I ask them to pray about it and to seek God. And then to write the answer to two questions. I ask them to share their testimony. And then I ask them to say, tell me why they think, believe that God is calling them to go on this trip. And so um, it, it's, it's a process then that, that as they answer that second question, they seek God out. And then they're able to respond to what he shows them. And then once they decide to go, it's not, that's not over then. We do service projects from, well, we had to wait till April for the snow to melt this year. But we, uh, we, we would do service projects from the beginning of April all the way through into June. And they had to decide, am I going to be the kind of person who stays committed to what God calls me to? Isn't that an important thing? to do, to not just say, yeah, I'll do that, and then be flaky about it, but to, to say, yeah, I'll do that, and then be committed to it, and to follow through on it. They had to do that all spring. And then once we got down there, there was questions, am I going to love my teammates even when I don't feel like it? Uh, am I going to forgive them when I get angry with them? Am I going to look out for their best? Am I going to do what I can to help them? Are we going to be unified? Are we going to do our best to minister to the people that we're working with? Aren't these great questions to be asking? Aren't these great uh, purposes to have for our church? And, and it's an a, a opportunity to, to seek God and, and learn to live in these ways. Uh, you'd be so proud of our group. When we went to the dump, um, it's a dump. I mean, that's what it is. There's dump trucks pulling up. And maybe you've seen pictures of such things before, but to be there, it's just, it's mind-boggling that people live in a little village just outside of this dump made of tarps and structures and just whatever they can hobble together. And, um, and, and then they go and spend their day sifting through the garbage. Some people are born in the dump and live there their whole lives. And, and that's, that's their life. And, and so we go there, and everybody's dirty, and, and, and we're going to pass out sat, like little tortillas, actually, uh, little burritos with hot dogs and stuff, and, and, and bottled water, and, and we're going to take this out to the people. And 
our, our kids, our students, our, 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 our people here just went for it. They traveled through the garbage. They went and met people where they're at and handed this stuff to them and said, Deus te bendiga, God bless you. And, and it was just a, a really cool thing to see. And I was talking to Ernesto, who was our, our guide, and he said that the group beforehand, they didn't leave the truck. They, like, stayed at the truck, and everybody came to them, and they still passed out food. But he encouraged them, come on, go out, go out, pass stuff out. And they just, they wouldn't. They didn't want to get dirty, I guess, and they were maybe a little intimidated by it. But our group trusted God. And they went and met the people where they were at. Isn't that an awesome picture of what Jesus did for us, meeting us where we were at? And they got to show that picture because they went for it. These are great things to learn. Ministry is messy sometimes. And you've got to be willing to go and, and reach people where they're at. And, and we learned that on this trip. They responded. That's the goal for each of us. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be someone who responds to what God says. And I failed many, many times in doing that. Um, but by God's grace, he keeps working, and I'm growing to become that kind of person. How does it happen? I think, I believe, it's by daily learning to seek God. Learning about him, learning to seek him, and then resolving to do what he says. It's a daily process. I believe that every time we say yes to God about something he shows us in our lives, it builds our character. It becomes who we are. We become people that say yes to God. As we seek God, I believe it takes two things to respond. It takes faith in him, and it takes courage, doesn't it? You see that in Abraham's life. Uh, when Abraham called him out of Ur, the country that he was born and raised in, everything he knew was there, God said, Abraham, I want you to go to this country where you've never been, you have no idea what's, what's, what it's like. I just want you to go there. What a crazy thing to ask, right? But Abraham, even though he didn't know much about God at that point, he must have known enough to say, I'm going to trust this God. I'm going to trust him, and I'm going to do what he says. And by faith, he set out for this country. It took faith, just a little bit of faith, enough to make him move, and courage to do it. And then, this is so beautiful to watch because it spans years now, the rest of the, the passages about him. And, and it says that um, as he followed God for years, he, he became the kind of person who responded to God. That became his character. That became who he was. So much so that towards the end of his life, when God asked him to take everything that he loved in, in his son Isaac and sacrifice him on Mount Moriah, by faith, he was willing to step forward and do that. He was willing to trust God and, and obey this thing that made, must have made no sense. But in Abraham's mind, Hebrews tells us that, that Abraham reconciled, well, God can raise the dead, so that must be what he's going to do here. You know? So I'm going to go, I'm going to trust God that much, and I'm going to follow through with this and respond to what God is calling me to do. How did he get there? A lifetime of saying yes to God. Think about that for a moment. What, what kind of person are you? What kind of person am I? Person am I? Uh, what has God spoken to us about? Have we acted on it? Are we the kind of people that say yes to God? The good news is, is that if you feel like you're not, I mean, and, and each of us have failed in this area. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you put your faith and trust in him, there's forgiveness through the cross. He forgives you. He forgives you, and you can start that journey right now. He gives you grace to, to become that person, to, to just say, yes, God, I will do what you want me to do. 
and he won't give up on you. That's the good news. He will not give up on you. He hasn't given up on me. He won't give up on you. I want to look at a couple areas where often God speaks to us and see if any of them, maybe God has spoken to you and, and, and might be speaking to you right now. You know, I think that one area that God calls us to respond to him in is service. Uh, we went down to Mexico and served, but I believe that God is calling each of us to serve in the church. Um, if you're a, a, in the body of Christ, if you've received him, then we should be serving in the church and, and looking for areas to serve. I challenge you to pray about it. Talk to a church leader and say, what areas do you need, needs help right now? And, and see if God is speaking to you about one of those areas. And then and with faith and, and with some courage, step forward and, and seek to serve and commit to serving in those areas. I, I think of some of the, I'm going to mention a couple leaders uh, in our group. Um, Tamara, who got up here and shared earlier, she was serving already with, a, I think you were with the four-year-olds maybe, um, working over there, and things were going really well. But she had a daughter and a son who, who were in the youth group, and she was kind of looking to get involved there. And I said, well, we kind of need people to drive the bus for us. Uh, that would be awesome. Um, and, and so she's like, yeah, I can do that. So she went and got her CDL and got, went through the whole process and ended up becoming a bus driver with the schools, by the way, which is really cool, too. But she's been our bus driver for years now and takes us to, to where, we wanna, where we need to go. And it's such an awesome ministry. And it's such a good opportunity for me to be with the students and we're talking. And it's just time as we're going places to, to share. But, um, and then she becomes our, our cook for our Mexico team and feeds this whole crew here, which is no small task. Um, and the Mexican guys love her cooking, too. So they're... Um, excited about that when you come as well. But just I see all the ways that, that she has gotten plugged in and all the ways that God has used her, and she's grown. We were just talking about that the other day, uh, just through saying, yeah, I'll serve in the church. I, I think of Nate, who um, <laughs> he says I tricked him into youth ministry. I don't, I don't know, maybe. Uh, he, he, I asked him to be the leader of our worship band. He, he like, like, tried to avoid me for months and months, but I, I tracked him down. I was determined. And uh, he, he finally agreed to be the leader of our worship band on Sunday nights. Well, it just so happens right after that, we have small groups. And I said, Nate, why don't you stick around for small groups? All right, I will. And ended up liking it. And I said, well, why don't we split into two groups and you take one and I take the other? Well, it just so happens I took the one where everybody was kind of graduating uh, the next year. And so Nate was left with the people who weren't graduating yet. And I said, well, Nate, you're doing a great job. And, you know, I got, I'm just going to let you do your thing. And then I kind of backed out. So if that's a trick, I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> I feel like it's worked out pretty good, though. And uh, just to see how Nate's grown over the years as he's served uh, in that capacity. Um, another, another way to, to, to grow is, is you have to we have to put ourselves in positions to be listening to God. How can we respond to God if we're not putting ourselves in positions to, to hear him? And that's through daily devotions, through time in the word. Uh, it's also through regular church attendance, making it a habit to be at church and sitting under teaching and, and be actively listening. It's so encouraging for our group to go and we, we, we spend time in devotions each night and we talk about what God's doing uh, through his word in our lives. And it encourages us. We do this together. Um, and, and we talk about what God's showing us. So daily devotions, regular church attendance. I think a place where we 
I know that I struggle with sometimes is learning to trust God in daily decisions. Um, things that you really want, but you know that God is probably speaking to you about saying, you know what, not right now. Or that's just, you know, not something that, that one of my children should do. Um, we, uh, when I was down in Mexico, uh, actually we just got there the first Sunday. We were at Denny's eating after we got off the plane. We hadn't even crossed the border yet, and I got a call from Becky. And uh, she had broken down on the side of the road in Lansing, like north of Lansing. And um, there was the transmission. And you want to talk about a helpless feeling being, you know, was it 2,200 miles away? Um, But she was able to get that worked out. And we were talking about it, and we're like, what about this car? I mean, we're going to be moving in September there. How can this van get up and down the hills in Tijuana, manage the dirt roads, the, the bumps? Uh, you know, and we're like, we need something bigger. You know, we need something that can handle this stuff. And, and, um, and so just, I mean, this is super recent. Uh, just yesterday, we're looking at a Suburban, and we're like, that is the perfect one. You know, that's going to get it done. But we're looking at it cost-wise, and we're like, I don't think God would want us to to, to spend that much, you know, I mean, it's extending ourselves, and we see it in our minds, but are we going to trust God and trust that he's going to provide? And so we, we set the kids down and told them where we're at and said, let's, let's pray about it as a family. And while we're praying, I thought of this verse, uh, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, some trust in suburbans, uh, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. And I said, you know what, we're just going to trust God that he's going to provide for us. And if that's it, great. If it's the van, okay. God, you know how this van runs, so uh, we'll trust you with that. If it's something else, that's great too, but we're not going to rush into something. And how many times in my life have I made that just just gone for something because I thought it looked good instead of waiting on God? Um, Listen to God in your everyday decisions and respond to what he tells you to do. Um, Another thing, and I think this is, something that's huge. Uh, God may be speaking to you about responding to him um, in, in the confession of sin, maybe something that's hidden, a uh, hidden sin. I know that for us on our, on our trip, the students really opened up and shared. It was time away, and, and they were hearing God, and they wanted to respond to God, and, and a couple of them really shared some deep things. And you know what? It was freeing. It was freeing. You always think, man, how are people going to respond if they find out about this thing? I don't want to do it anymore, but I definitely don't want to tell people about it. And, and, but as you do, it frees you. It's like the chains fall off. You're forgiven by Jesus, but when you keep it in the dark, it binds you. It binds you. And maybe God is calling you to respond to him by, by confessing. I know for me, I, I lived a life before I came back to Christ that was not good. I had a lot of baggage. And I remember being in the old building years and years ago, way before I was youth pastor or anything, and, and um, I just felt like God was leading me after the service to go talk to Shane, you know, to make that walk up the aisle after the service and, and just share with him some of the things that, that I felt like were just burdening me. And, and he listened, and he was gracious. You know, he didn't judge me. And, and he, he said that I was forgiven, and it just freed me. And then after that, he told me something I'll never forget. He said, you know, a lot of times when people make decisions like this and respond to God in these ways, God really starts to use them. That's when God, they're free to be used by God then. So I want to challenge you. If there's something that's going on that you just need to talk to someone about, you've brought it to God, you've asked for forgiveness, it's good to bring it out into the light and, and, and share it with somebody you can trust and, and um, respond to God in that way.
Uh, one other area, you know, maybe sometimes you feel like, man, is, is God really speaking to me? Am I having an Abraham experience? Um, can, 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 do, do I ever hear from God? And sometimes we get so busy in our daily lives. I know I get that way that it's like, does God even speak to us? And I remember um, one of my friends, Kurt, uh, many years ago, I was asking for his advice and stuff. I was asking for direction. I was asking question after question. Kurt, what do you think I should do about this? What do you think I should do about that? And finally, he said, Matt, you're asking the wrong guy. You know, you need to spend some extended time in prayer asking God. And so I, I want to challenge you that if, if you're feeling like God isn't speaking to you on things, maybe set aside some time on Saturday or an evening, just to spend an hour, two hours, three hours, just at the feet of of God and at the foot of the throne, talking to God and asking him for direction in your life. I found as I've started to do that, I don't do it nearly enough. I try to do it the last Thursday of each month. That doesn't always happen. But you have to set time. You have to stick by it. And, And as you do, I found that that's when God speaks to me. That's how I, I get my bearings, and I'm like, okay, God, this is the direction you want me to head in. Um, it was interesting. In January, I had one of those times over in the barn, and, um, and I was praying, and I really felt like we had this winter retreat coming up, and I was thinking about it, praying about it, and I really felt God laying on my heart to ask Kevin Looper to be our speaker. But the problem was I already had a speaker lined up, planning on coming, you know, and I'm like, that's kind of silly. You know, why would I think that if— if uh, this other guy's coming, well, two weeks, three weeks later, I get a call from this other guy, Matt. I'm really sorry. I can't make the winter retreat. And, you know, I wasn't freaked out at all. I just thought my thought was, God, you want me to ask Kevin? And so I hadn't said anything to Becky about this. And I went home and told her that the other guy backed out. And she said, you know, you should ask Kevin Looper. And <laughs> okay, God, I think you're trying to tell me something. It's time to respond, right? So I called Kevin, and uh, he came and, and just did an awesome job at our retreat. And that was way before we even thought about him uh, coming. As you, that was before I was, knew I was going to be moving. Um, but you can just see how God, even back then, through that time of prayer, was leading. And um, I'm thankful that he gave me a second chance to respond. So um, in closing, yeah, I just want to share this verse with you about what happens when we respond to God in our lives. It's John chapter 14, verse 23. It says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. As we obey his command, as we give our lives to him, and that starts at the very beginning when we hear about what Jesus did for us on the cross, as we are obediently say, I'm putting my faith and trust in you, Jesus. And then throughout our life, as we become people that obey him and say yes to him, God comes in and dwells more and more, and he's evident in your life, and he leads you and guides you. And that's what I want for each of us here, to know God in that way as we obey him and as he shows himself. So my hope is that that, that we get to know him that way as, as he's calling us to do uh, what he wants us to do. Let's close in prayer. Father, I thank you for your desire to be in our lives. Lord, it, it seems with the whole universe that there would be much better things going on than my life. Um, but yet, you're extremely interested. You know exactly what's going on, and, and together you use us as we respond obediently to bring glory to yourself 
and the powers and the authorities and the principalities all look and wonder as us made out of dirt give ourselves to follow you. Lord, I pray that you would work in us. Help us to grow in that. Help us to become people that say yes to you. All this by the power of your spirit and through faith in your son, Jesus Christ. We ask these things in your name. Amen.